Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, y'all, and I'm JJ. And I'm Kat. Guys, on this episode, we have (laughs) Becky from TikTok. She creates videos and goes to haunted locations and records them and does some investigating. She even spent the night in the Conjuring House, so we can't wait to ask her about that. Becky, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, I'm Becky, uh, my bloody Galentine on TikTok. Awesome. Well, Becky... Okay, I'm just going to jump right in and then we can kind of rewind and get to how we got here. But I've been dying to ask you, what was it like to stay in the Conjuring house? So when I got to the Conjuring house, it didn't set in. I was like, I stayed Airbnbs all the time. And when I finally got there, I was like, wait a minute. Like, what did I do? I made a horrible mistake. Like, I just realized that this is not an Airbnb. This is not a hotel. And I'm about to stay in one of the most haunted places. So Um, That was the first thing Um, I walked in. I felt this overwhelming feeling of I've been here before. Like I felt like I've been here. I've seen these places and I don't know why, but I just felt like I'd been there. And um, initially I was like, "Uh, I don't feel anything or whatever, but uh, it was really interesting. The whole house is historic. I definitely had periods where I go in certain places and just immediately feel dizzy or lightheaded, but it's like unforgettable. The whole place was absolutely incredible where is this house so it's in a place called burlville rhode island they actually call it the house on round top road or the farm on round top road so you can find it by going to that website instead of the conjuring house and for our audience that may not be as familiar with the conjuring house or just for cat (laughs) yeah or just for cat but yeah if you could you kind of give us a little history overview of the conjuring house So the Conjuring House, uh, the home itself was built in the 1730s. The family that experienced the most paranormal activity moved in from 1971 to 1980. It was a couple and their five daughters. The movie depicts only two daughters, I believe, and there's actually five daughters that stayed in the house. Throughout that time period, they experienced multiple hauntings. Uh, They did contact the Warrens. That did happen. The Warrens came to the house multiple times. The daughters experienced some pretty brutal paranormal activity. I don't know how much in-depth is public or anything, but they experienced possessions, um, active throwing, poltergeist activity. And then um, they finally moved out in 1980. The daughters ended up writing books on it. They did agree, like when the movie came out, yes, this happened. Lorraine Warren, when she finally spoke about it she said to this day i'm still afraid of that house the movie talked about a a witch that may have haunted it but there was no actual proof that that witch bathsheba was haunting the place so it's kind of just a known haunted location with multiple accounts of that Uh, the current owners do still believe that it's haunted and so did you rent this on airbnb so it is not available on Airbnb, but it's it's kind of like a similar setup. It is not a hotel, it's not an Airbnb. The people wanna make sure that people understand that what you're getting into, you have to sign a waiver. You wave away the, like if you get possessed or if something happens or you fall down the like rugs or the uh, 1800s like steps that are like wooden and crickety, um, you have to wave that away. So you sign a pretty extensive waiver before you go there. They want that to be made very clear to people. Uh, You go to theconjuringhouse.com. It'll say book a room. There are no rooms available on weekends until after December because it's really starting to blow up when people found out, oh my gosh, I can actually stay there. So yeah, yeah, I rented that for the night using their website. I was like two days behind. Like I immediately got in. Did you go there specifically to to vlog about it or? um, Is this your typical vacation for you? (laughs) um, So... 
it's a pandemic, there's nothing else to do. So I'm doing a lot more things like that, that would normally have been a vacation, but now it's like, I can't see people. So I might as well hang out at these like weird locations because there's not going to be anyone there or like ghosts don't have COVID. So um, typically I am always looking for like some sort of haunt or spooky place to check out. What got you so interested in finding these places? Do you have like a, you know, kind of a past history with the supernatural? The places didn't really start becoming like a super, like I always was going to do that. Like I never was looking for the typical vacation. Like my family was, we went to the Outer Banks and had the most like average family vacations. And I think like one time I was 19 years old and I was like, let's go ghost hunting. It was close to Halloween. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, let's go ghost hunting and see what happens. And then after that experience, I just became hooked. I'm like, I always want to look for something weird. And when the local spots and the local legends got boring, I started to want to find out more about like other local legends. Like I like the famous places, but it's also cool to go visit the ones that are kind of less known. Becky, you've had all these uh, experiences going to all these places, but Have you had any paranormal experiences in your life, like when you were younger or anything like that? My first experience was the one I was just talking about. And this is the one that like still gets me to this day. I, I made a joke about ghost hunting. All we had, we're like, we're taking a camera, a flashlight, and that's it. And go to this graveyard up the road. I didn't realize at the time, great graveyards aren't typically haunted locations because the person died before they were there. They weren't attached to their body. So when they're buried at that place, why would they haunt it? They would haunt the home or the place of like some sort of significant um, tragedy or emotional attachment. So I went there with my brother and my boyfriend at the time and we had no equipment. We were just like kids and we were there for probably 15 minutes. And then we started saying, you know what? Like, there's nothing here. We're really frustrated. This is dumb. Ghosts don't exist. Like, what are we doing? We turned off all our equipment and that's when something like a blue ball of light went from one tree to another tree and it was not shining on a surface so if it were a flashlight or like some sort of like deer headlight it would have been sitting on the leaves if that makes sense and the light would have been diffusing but instead it was like its own entity so it went from one tree to the other and then it it stopped and I said guys guys I just saw something and they're like shut up Becky like that's that's ridiculous the orb or whatever it what have you was like almost like a ball of lightning, but you know, ball of light, ball lightning isn't really a thing. So it came in between my boyfriend at the time and I, after they said it's not there. And both he and I jumped in opposite directions and it came down, it like floated so gracefully and it like was gliding between us and we jumped in opposite directions. And that's when I was like, he saw it too. He wouldn't have jumped if there was nothing. Like, this is not my imagination. We saw that. So we started like, losing our minds we called our parents and uh, they came to pick us up because we'd walk there and I was like I don't know what that was and then afterwards that's when I was hooked I started like looking at every blog like I could not have enough information on paranormal I was in college I was totally like staying up until four o'clock in the morning with my uh, best friend at the time and we were like anywhere we can go google like haunted places pennsylvania where are they at so i kind of got excited at the beginning and jumped the gun and forgot to ask you something that we do try to ask all our guests and i guess we probably know the answer after that story but on like a scale zero to ten zero meaning you you don't believe in ghosts ten ghosts are absolutely real where do you kind of fall on that scale i'd say i'm like at a nine or a 10, because here's why. Things happen, I've seen them, but my I studied science. I went to school for biology. I actually work at a, as a, at a funeral home, so I have a lot of a science background. So my mind is constantly trying to rationalize these things. So um, the way you're, you're your own worst enemy, I'm sitting there like, what could that have been? That was ball lightning. Like, no, it wasn't. Like, it was obviously something, but I'll play things over in my head over and over again trying to rationalize it because I don't want to give myself credit for experiencing a haunt too soon. Like I want to be thorough. I want to have like as much evidence as possible. So yes, I definitely um, believe I'm higher on this scale, but I, I doubt myself a lot, which is why my TikTok videos, I don't want to, I don't want to influence people. I don't want them to feel like they're definitely going to experience something or they're not because everyone feels differently about things. They might see the same thing that I did and feel that it's not paranormal. So I think it's more fair to just 
send people and say the lore and let them decide. Yeah, I like that you're you're still open to the fact that you know what you're experiencing might have a different explanation. Um, maybe it's not ghosts, and you know, I'll just say for me, I'm on like a five on that scale. I'm kind of yeah. still on the fence. I used to be a one, but after hearing all these stories, I'm like up to a five now. And so many of our uh, guests have told me, because I've told them I really want to experience that and see a ghost because I want to believe that it's real. I've just never seen it myself. Um, and so many people have told me, well, you just have to be open to it. You know, you have to be like willing to let it in. But it sounds like you and your boyfriend at the time were pretty much like, nah, this ain't real. It's not going to happen. And then it happened. So I don't know. Do you have an opinion on that? Um, I just think that like, I don't know. I see too much out there of people who are automatically like, yes, this is absolutely this. This is definitive proof. There's no interpretation allowed. I am the authority on this subject. So that's, that's how I feel. Um, I think that at that time, we both were like, it's not going to happen. We were doubting. That's where, that's our one on the scale, like where you were at. And then after that, I'd say I was still like a five. I was like, I need more evidence. I need more. And like, I'm starting to realize that without like a personal connection or without like a total open mind, you're not going to see or feel as much as you do um, or would. And then uh, there's another experience I had a few years later that I, I want to share because I think it um, it's another example of something that definitely was something, but we never really figured it out or um, had like, again, definitive proof of what happened. Uh, fast forward, I did not experience anything crazy, like subtle nuances, um, going to places and like recording stuff and like being hyper tuned to audio, which is something that I think is a little controversial because, you know, as someone who like my current partner does a lot of studio recordings. So whenever he listens to music or whatever, I know that you could pick up stuff anywhere that is nothing, but it was a breath, but it sounded like words when you're using like hypersensitive equipment. So yes, there's definitely that kind of equipment stuff, but I like to, like I said, feel things viscerally and organically and decide from there. I do use equipment sometimes, but not like that. So in this experience specifically, I was living in Indiana, I, Indiana, Pennsylvania. I had an apartment in um, we had some friends over for the night and I was always freaked out about this place. It was built in the 1800s. I never thought it was haunted. It had a weird basement with a hole in it, but that's a whole different story. There was like, like literally a hole in the wall that something could have crawled in. So maybe that was it. But I always felt like weird about the drop ceiling too, because there was like a six, like a six to eight inch gap between the ceiling and the drop ceiling. So I always felt like something could get in there too, but nothing ever happened. This one night, we had friends over, they had left, all the doors were locked. I had a roommate in the room over and I was sleeping. All of a sudden, like I was woken up like pretty abruptly by the door slamming open. And I heard um, just that and I opened my eyes and I could see like the white of someone's eyes at the door, which automatically like intruder, like this has to be an intruder of some sort. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, I'm going to die. Like, this is me going to die. There's someone in my bedroom and they slammed open the door like aggressively. They're like, this is a threat, but I couldn't move. So I was like trying to wake up my boyfriend and I was like, please wake up, but I couldn't move. So I had to be like, wake up, like speaking through my teeth. I could not get up. I could not do the typical like reaction of there's someone in my house and I need to get them out. So I was like trapped on the bed. And then they finally closed the door. Um, I There was a strong like odor, like the worst odor I've ever smelled in my entire life. It was like a combination of like vomit and like, I don't know, like I don't want to say anything crass, but just like the worst bowel. Like I've smelled de decomposed bodies working in a funeral home. It was worse than that. I will never forget it. And they backed out of the door and I heard my roommate's door open. So I was like, oh, he was just in our room and he might've been having a problem. Like maybe he was sick and I was smelling something like that. And I finally felt relieved and like my muscles could move. And I checked my phone. It said three, it said, uh, three in the morning. So that was the end of that. I couldn't sleep. I just laid like this with my eyes wide open all night. And then I woke up the next day and I said, 
hey, why was, uh, you know, our roommate at the time in the room? And my boyfriend was like, he wasn't. What are you talking about? I'm like, I tried to wake you up. He came in our room, but I thought maybe he had to use the bathroom or something, but he did it. And then he left. He's like, you're crazy. Just go to work. And um, I went to work and I got a text that said, hey, what's up? And I was like, nothing, just working, normal day, you know, never mind the person that was in our room last night. And um, he texted me and said, no, we need to figure out what was in the house last night. So I got home, uh, I left work, I got home and I was talking to my roommate and I was like, he had the same experience as me. The figure went into his room, touched his leg and then backed out. He said the figure backed backwards down the steps and then the doors were never uh, locked. They were never unlocked or anything back down the steps and then just was gone. The doors weren't opened. They didn't close and shut. Like whatever this was, was in our house. So he said he continued to look through the house. He even went to the basement. He looked at the hole in the basement, like the creepy little hole and could not find evidence of this person. Nothing was stolen. Nothing was broken. Neither of us could remember like a face or anything. We just saw the whites of someone's eyes and a completely dark figure. Mm. Um, after that, I was like, wait, what time was it? And at the same time in unison, we were like 3.55 in the morning. And like, Ugh. at first I was like, had to be a break in, but then we're like, but the doors were locked. Like nobody came in and out. And um, then I started getting really nervous sleeping in my home. Uh, nothing ever happened after that, but it was still like, okay, the more I think about it with the smell, the time of day, uh, the fact that the doors didn't open and close and the fact that they were locked and the way that he moved was just so like slight, I, I just can't believe it's anything else. Oh my god, yeah, that's really creepy. Like a ghost zombie or something. Oh, I don't even know, but like they, so they always awkward. say that like demons have a smell. So that's like a situation yeah. where I'm like, that might not have been a ghost. I don't know what that was. Had uh, you experienced sleep paralysis before that? Um, no, I never experienced sleep paralysis before that. I knew what it was. I, it freaked me out. The concept uh, freaked me out. After that, I did have a, one other time that it happened to me at that same place. It hasn't happened since, and I've had two other apartments. Um, but there was a time, like, within a few weeks of that event that I had a really weird sleep paralysis. But I'm, it's weird because I'm conscious when it happens, where I'm like, it, you know, I know what's going on. But at that point, um, the second time, I just knew that I can get someone to wake me up if I breathe really heavily. So I was like... <sighs> you know, breathing as loud as I could. And they woke me up and said, what's going on? I was like, I had sleep paralysis and I was face down in the couch. Like it was just weird. So that I, I always like thought maybe it's good that I didn't like jump up and try to touch whatever that was. But, um, it, I still, to this day, I'm like, how, why couldn't I, why couldn't I get up and protect myself? So I, I don't know. That's so scary. It makes, now it makes me think that sleep paralysis is like, someone putting you in a trance I had it the other day and I remember as I was falling asleep into it I was like if you could just yell and tell someone that you think you're in sleep paralysis so that they can listen out for you but I was too late I couldn't talk or anything and too far away to breathe heavily oh that's so scary well, yeah. and, then, and you know, the beginning of that story, Becky, that's my mind went to, oh, this is, you know, just some kind of sleep paralysis thing. But then you brought in the roommate and yeah. you guys both knew the time. So it's like, how could it be just a sleep paralysis incident if, I mean, it's just not possible for you both. So it must, I mean, you know, if, if I was going to leap into being a hundred percent believer, I would just say, well, yeah, it's obviously something paranormal that took place. Right, exactly. When we said that in unison, I was like, this is so weird. And the other thing is, I thought like, okay, say it was a break in and we just weren't conscious enough to hear the door open and close. But that's something that we totally were like, we would hear that door. But um, it wasn't like two in the morning and the bar let out, you know, it was 355. Like, it, they do say that like activity occurs between then. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think there's anything that doubts it in any way like or rationalizes it we weren't living in a big city either it's not like you know people are just wandering around it's indiana pennsylvania birthplace of jimmy stewart and that's it <laughs> and there's no way that like your boyfriend or partner at the time would have like tried to trick you by texting your roommate or anything to be like say it was 355 and freak her out 
Oh, absolutely not. Because he didn't even believe it. And he didn't like, after we both said that my roommate was just like, Oh geez. And like, we always joked afterwards, which is awful, but I'd be like, the demon came inside and touched you. Like, and he would be like, stop, like, seriously, it freaks me out. Like we didn't even like talking about it. So, um, I, I definitely don't think they would have tried to do that. If anything, if it wasn't what they thought it was in 355 or whatever, they would have been like, we need to call the police. But because of the way that it was and how sketchy the story is, it's like, there's no way that anything else could have happened it was just bizarre and again the odor it like i said it just filled the room it was so disgusting like mothballs or (laughs) and your roommate smelled the same thing oh yeah he so what he said was it smelled like vomit so he was the one that like first brought in the vomit idea i was like saying it was much worse and i was like i don't know what that was but he said oh maybe it was vomit um so then when we both smelled it and the way that we were like kind of asking each other questions, we weren't like picking each other's brains and trying to come up with ideas. Like it was, we were mirroring each other's experience. And he said like, just the way came in the room, he smelled it and then it, it touched his leg. And then it, like, we laughed because he's like such a, uh, one of those people that hates being touched. And like, he, it's just like, of course that would happen to him. Of course it would come in and touch his leg. And then he gets up and it's like, whoa, whoa. And then it starts backing down the steps. And he was like, it wasn't backing. I didn't see this part. So I don't know. I didn't hear the commotion. I didn't hear the footprints. Um, I just know that he said it was just kind of like arms out, like gliding backwards down the steps. And that was, it, it still, uh, I don't even like to think about it because if I think about it too late at night, I'm like, there was that time that something came in my house. So, you know, you've had lots of adventures that you posted on TikTok. Um, We mentioned um, the conjuring house in any of these houses or places you've investigated. Have you ever had moments where you didn't feel safe? Um, I've never had an encounter where I didn't feel safe. I know people insist that they've encountered malevolent spirits and, uh, just like things that are not, you know, uh, happy with their, their present or presence or whatever. But I've never had any times where I'm like, I'm afraid of this or else I probably wouldn't be doing it all the time. I know some people like that rush and some people that are super professional investigators. Like I, I love Halloween. I love getting like a good spoof, but I'm not like it versed in like exorcisms or things that like I'm an average person. And like I said, I like to feel things naturally. If I felt unsafe, I, I wouldn't be doing it. But at this time, like, yeah, some things will happen. It's like, what was that? Like, what did I just hear the wind whirling up in my ear inside the house or something like that? It's never been unfriendly. And of all the places you've been to, I mean, how often do you experience something that seems supernatural? Um, Personally, for me, it's pretty few and far between. I'm a huge skeptic. I write things off every time. Um, If something happens to me, I'll be the first to say, you know, even in the conjuring house, I'm like, the doors are opening and closing. Like I I said to Brandon, I'm like, okay, so the door opened on its own. Like it definitely, I saw it, it opened, it went on its own. And I'm like, it's an old house. That's it. <laughs> like, um, so I, I write most things off. There's always going to be some ambiguity everywhere I go that I could play up to be paranormal, but I don't believe in doing that. Yeah. And you said, you mentioned you don't use a lot of equipment, um, but that there uh, is some equipment that you use. Could you kind of talk to us about like, what, what is it that the equipment does and how do you determine whether a piece of equipment is, you know, legitimately showing you uh, what it's advertised to show you. Okay, so there's a lot of equipment out there that is battery operated or like hooks up to a computer. It's really cool. It's really advanced. It's awesome. Uh, it, I really respect the people who can harness that and use it to make contact. For me personally, I use a talking board. I use a pendulum old school dowsing rods is something that I would use uh, but I've never used anything that requires like I said like batteries or connections just because as someone that I I'm also I did years as a professional photographer for um, 
both a newspaper and a venue. So for me, using cameras, I know how to set the camera. So there's never going to be like those spirit photos that some people have having a slow shutter or something like that. So I'll take pictures, but I don't see as much as someone with like, you know, using a point and shoot where you do get the dust orbs and stuff that can be construed certain ways. So um, as far as the talking board goes, I use a very basic talking board. Um, a lot of times I try to use it and nothing happens. I don't use a Ouija brand board. I use one that's artist made. I showed it in my most recent video. Um, I think it's cute. A lot of people think you have to have like this fancy spirit board or talking board to like, I don't know, for some reason look scary. And instead I'm like, well, I feel personally drawn to this, so I'm going to use it. Um, so I use that pretty often. Um, a lot of times I don't experience things with it at the conjuring house. It immediately worked. And I, <laughs> my partner and I will be like, uh, I don't trust you. Like you moved it, but that was one time where it immediately was moving. And, um, the other thing I use is just a, uh, birchwood, uh, it's a pendulum and a, a board that you can use and you swing the pendulum and it just gives you vague, like, yes, no answers. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people using those, they're using them outside. You can't really use it outside or a place where there's a draft because it's going to move. But when it's actually working, um, you should be seeing like immediate distinct swings, not like subtle swings that could be, you know, looked at either way. So right. um, those are the things that I use. You use the conjuring board or the talking board in the conjuring house? Yes. Um, I probably shouldn't have. I know a lot of people would frown upon, upon that in a place that has had like p possessions. Um, for me, that's not something that frightens me. I think a lot of the superstition with both Ouija brand and talking and spirit boards are all born from movies like uh, Poltergeist. When that came out, that's when people started being like, oh my gosh, like Ouija boards do not use them. They're totally haunted. Um, but after that, I, I follow the basic rules. I'm not sure how much I need to be following those rules, but I do follow the, you always say goodbye, don't use it while you're drunk or high, and um, definitely don't use it alone, just because that's, people have been saying it for years, so I follow that. Um, so we did use it immediately, like, it glows in the dark, which is really cool, so you can use it in the dark, and I think it makes it a lot easier to, um, use without feeling like you you know people are doing something or whatever so when it's moving in the dark obviously you're not staring at where you're going with it so i think that it moves a little easier and naturally um with the glow in the dark board which sounds i mean some people would be like oh it's totally like just a, a toy or whatever but um when we used it we sat there for probably three seconds and then it immediately moved to a and we and here's why i know it was moving when we went to look at whatever letter it was, both of us were like, what letter is that? So if we were moving it, we'd know where it was going, but it didn't spell anything distinct. It just spelled ATR. Um, at the Conjuring House, the talking board spelled ATR. And then the last thing that I said before it cut out was that we don't know if that has significance or anything. We were unable to get any other messages through after that. So it was just like an immediate like ATR. And when we were looking at it, it would be like the both of us trying to determine like what the letters were. And if we like knew where it was going and what, what it was doing, then we would be like, oh yeah, like it's an A, but we didn't know we were like sitting there trying to figure out what the letters were. And what was the question that led to the ATR? Um, so we started by saying, hello, is anyone with us? Is anyone here? And then we said, is there anyone else who would like to speak to us? And then it just said ATR. Hmm. And that was it. Um, it didn't move again after that. Uh, we tried again after that and there was nothing. So it was just weird because uh, like you put one light finger on it and a, we were just sitting there and nothing was happening. And then it was just like immediately zipping around. Like was such, it was, it was bizarre. Was that the, the weirdest thing you've encountered on these trips? Um, yeah, so I'm new to New England. A lot of these places that I'm going, I'm seeing for the first time. And when I go, I'm not typically doing a ton of investigating. I'm checking out the place. Um, obviously all of them just kind of give you like a weird feel, but that was definitely the first thing that I've seen since I've started doing this. And have you used a talking board a lot in the past? 
Um, yeah, I use them pretty frequently. Uh, if you follow my account at all, you'll see that I have an extensive collection. Like, mm -hmm. um, they range from like 1800s, like 1890, I think is the earliest one to modern. I, I don't use any of the ones that are pre-owned because I've always been told and believe that it, it could have something attached or that someone could have used it previously that didn't have good intentions. Plus, generally, people do weird stuff like put blood on them. So um, I have this one. Yeah, no, people do weird stuff because they think that it'll help. So they'll like put blood on them or like, I, I don't know. I just don't, I think it's weird. Um, so yeah, I, I use them pretty often. Most of the time it doesn't work, um, especially when we're just like at a random spot. But that was the first time it was like, whoa, this is like actually really working right now. So what do you think, since you've, you know, had an experience, because I've never really, I don't think I've ever used a Ouija board or talking board. I know JJ um, has has tried to use one once. And Kat, I, I, I just confess to drunkenly and highly using a Ouija board without <laughs> the spirit. Breaking so. all the rules. All the rules. <laughs> Kat, have, okay. you, have you ever used a Ouija no, board? No, I've been terrified and told not to, but I don't know. So Becky, what what about seances? Have you ever been involved in a seance? Like what are your, what are your no. feelings of that versus like using a Ouija board or something like of that nature? I think that um, the people that do seances, first off, I'd have to know more people like myself. Like I know some people do them alone or whatever, but you're not really supposed to do that. Plus, I don't think it's a great idea. I know a lot of people like there was a really cool place from I can't remember the name, but they were like doing a seance to like conjure Houdini and stuff like that. Like, I think it's really cool. I think you can do really powerful things. I did see some comments on my posts of people who did do seances in the conjuring house. And I think that there's a lot of like power involved in that, that, a, that you're not capable of doing alone. I don't really know a lot of people like me in my immediate circle. So now that I'm like breaking out and making more friends that are into this stuff, I, hopefully will happen but um simply using a talking board i think it it kind of flirts on the line between like do i trust my friend enough to believe that they're not doing it or like is this happening um i think the superstition what i think is interesting is there's people that will um are that are into like witchcraft and then also people that are into ghost hunting and there's like two sides of the coin where people believe they're you know they'll open you up to demonic possession possession but then there's witches who use them ev literally like every day for you know their regular communication and like helping people do readings and and making contact so i just think that <laughs> it's usually like your mind setting you up to believe that there's something going on there. Of all the places that you've traveled to, you know, with the, the goal of, uh, you know, having a really spooky encounter, which ones did you go to where at the end of it, you were like, you know what, actually, this is a really great place for a vacation. <laughs> um, I think all of them, which is why I like sharing them. I don't think there's been a place where I'm like, I don't think anyone should go here. I actually do have a, a bunch of drafts from places that I didn't think were cool vacations. And a lot of people come to me asking me to plan their vacation, like, like the conjuring house. If you're, you know, if you feel capable and that's something you're comfortable with, that's, that's a really cool place to go. The Lizzie Borden house, really cool place to go on vacation. Um, I think the alternative vacation idea is awesome. And even like the cemeteries, I used to think that that was just me. I would share photos of cemeteries before I was on TikTok and people would be like, who cares? And now everyone's like, tell me more weird cemeteries. Yeah, this sounds like a business idea to just be a, like a spooky travel agent. <laughs> oh yeah, like the amount of people messaging me and I'm like, I just moved here in May. I don't know all the spots yet. Uh, I'm learning them myself. Uh, I might regret all this in a year. You know, I might get like possessed or haunted or, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. This is just something that I started doing in the pandemic. I can't make friends right now because you, everyone's so paranoid. Well, not paranoid. It's, it's rightfully so. And I'm also working in a funeral home. So that makes it like duly hard to make friends because it's like, yeah, I work at a funeral home with dead bodies that, you know, might have COVID. So mm -hmm. instead of making friends, I'm going out and seeing all these places. But Pennsylvania is haunted. But like in Pittsburgh, in that region, there weren't places that were like, you know, 400, 300 years old that you could go to. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I have been to Pittsburgh a couple times for uh, a work conference, and we stayed at this hotel that is allegedly the most haunted hotel in Pittsburgh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because I can't remember the name of it for the life <laughs> of me. Um, I'm not sure which one, because I know that like there's ones like like the Penn Hotel, like if it was one like that hotel the pen hotel is like super old so i wouldn't doubt that it was haunted not every old place is haunted but that's one with like a lot of unique history um pittsburgh has a lot of weird things like um the original uh you know like how an american horror story there was like the lobster hand boy like he was murdered in pittsburgh the real one that's a real story yeah yeah there was a lot google it (laughs) there was like a lobster hand boy and um he was killed in pittsburgh totally true story um he lived he was actually i guess like a huge creep but it's still kind of interesting so when people say like pennsylvania or pittsburgh isn't haunted just because it's not necessarily connected to like the colonial parts that um you know new england has it's like no that place is super weird there's a lot of weird things that we had to happen there Okay, we just Googled a picture of the lobster hand boy, and that's like super giving me flashbacks to watching uh, the the Batman movie with Danny DeVito as the, <laughs> the slipper hands. <laughs> it's a real person, and you're allowed to laugh a little bit because he was a bad person. So okay. <laughs> I was about to say that's so mean. No, so, yeah, he was not. If he was a jackass, then for sure. Yeah, yeah you should read up on him. I was, like, pretty sad when I found out that he was, like, kind of, like, an abusive person. I was, like, well, this is kind of weird. But anyway, that's that's enough about that. But, you know, the cool history in Pittsburgh. We totally have weird spots. So, Becky, there. Becky, before we get you out of here, um, I did want to ask you. So, you have tons of really cool videos. Um, we've certainly enjoyed going through them. For our audience that is just now getting to know you and checking out your TikTok, what videos would you recommend that they check out first? Oh, geez, don't go by the view count because some of my best videos are totally underrated. Um, and some of the ones that went viral were just because people were fighting in the comments about whether or not pe- places are haunted. And they think that that like hurts me, but it actually makes my views go insane. Like whatever but um my favorite favorite video that i've shared is the spider gates video in lester um i just think that place is really beautiful um i think my most recent videos where i'm talking because i started using just music but now that i'm talking it's a little more interactive and real for people so i think those are like spider gates is definitely my favorite i think that um some of the other ones are just like funny i do a lot of (laughs) funny videos where I'm joking around. Um, trying to think of other ones. Oh, Hex House, it, Hex Hollow is like my most favorite thing in the world. Like I, nothing is uh, my better in the world, I think, than that story because it's real. And um, I go into a lot of lore. I like to share the lore behind places. But when you tell people that there was a 1928 witch battle that ended in murder and a house burning down, it's like, this is cool. So um, I definitely think those videos are the ones I would start with. They're most representative about what my account is about. Well, if you do end up getting possessed, you have to promise us that you'll come back on our podcast and tell us all about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can do a total case study on it. Experiment with someone getting possessed. Yeah, definitely. I just wish I lived closer. I want to go on these adventures. Yeah. Um, well, now that everything's growing, hopefully I'll be coming closer to you guys and like all over because people are like, can you do Wisconsin? I'm like, yeah, I guess I can do Wisconsin. I like with a platform, you are enabled to travel a lot more. So I think that it's going to start becoming like a, a lot. The thing I hear the most is I didn't even know this was beside me. Like I didn't even know this was in my town. So I want to keep bringing weird and strange places, but it's growing outside of New England. People are asking for Maryland. People are asking for all these other states. And it's like, I think it's going to become a lot bigger. Oh yeah. The South is super haunted. So feel yeah. free to hit up. <laughs> okay. I guess, I guess my last question is, is there anything in the paranormal world as far as like trying to contact them or trying to find out more that you absolutely will not do um i don't know i I don't think there's like anything i won't do i know a lot of people their no-no is ouija boards uh i'm pretty open to anything i don't 
believe in using like blood magic or blood rituals or like hexing the fae and like all the stuff that's like really trending right now or um, things like that or anything done with malicious intent that's another thing or just like like I don't think spirits are toys I don't think it's something that we should play with if you think it's like fun to con contact them that's fine but just just always be respectful right treat them the same way you want to be treated right Cool. Well, what a positive note to end on. Well, Becky, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We certainly hope that you'll come back. And I can't wait for our fans to check out your TikTok and we get to hear all about it. All right. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. This is my first podcast, so I hope it wasn't painful. It's no, great. You thank you awesome. so much. Good Absolutely. luck with everything. You too. Take care. Thanks, Becky. Bye. Bye, Becky. Bye. I'm going to play this Spidergate's one, which has like a million views. My oh, goodness. Oh, yeah, do that. That'd be great. Spidergate's is a Quaker cemetery in Massachusetts that some call the eighth gate to hell. It is officially known as Friend Cemetery and dates the 1700s. It is one of the most frequently visited spots in the state. There are variations of a legend that say if you pass through the main gate, your soul will go straight to hell and meet the devil. The truth is, there is an area of grass that does not grow on the property in the center. Some believe that that area falls under a tree where a young boy died by suicide on the ground, though I could not find a new source for this claim. For those looking to visit, there is no unapproved videography, paranormal investigations, or public photography permitted and is posted on a sign outside the grounds. Wow. Okay. I so I love the fact that this is a Quaker cemetery because <laughs> um, I'm I'm kind of Quaker adjacent and I've I've uh you know I run in similar circles to a lot of Quakers <laughs> and uh, I I just think it's it's that like most Quakers are either like young hippie stoners or they're like old hippie stoners um, and so the fact that there's like this old cemetery where I guess it's a it's a friendly, nice, uh, peace-loving Quaker cemetery, but also a portal of hell. Just <laughs> blows my mind. Um, also, in the video, and listeners, you should go listen, or you should go watch it. It's pretty funny. Or it's just cool to watch. Uh, she goes, if you walk through this gate, you'll go directly to hell and just walk through casually. Yeah. <laughs> and Kat, what is her TikTok? Let's skip that again for the it's listeners. My Bloody Galentine. I like that. Yeah, that's a cool. I don't know about um, like some the the Quakers and like no, I I'm sorry, I'm like so on a Quaker. JJ tangent, stuck on Quaker combos. I got invited <laughs> to go to a Quaker, not ceremony, I guess it's church. I don't know what the right word, but like a meeting, a meeting. A meeting. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't get to do it. It sounded very interest interesting, JJ. The way she explained it to me is like you you go and you just kind of sit and you meditate. And if people feel called to speak, they speak. If they don't, they don't. Like kind of a chill environment. Yeah, that's basically it. And um, the okay, the the only other thing I want to say about Quakers is I just think it's really cool that like you know it's an old Massachusetts cemetery that has this connection because you know, the Massachusetts, when it was first colonized, was colonized by, like, a bunch of uptight, no-nonsense, no-fun uh, religious Puritans who absolutely did not get along with the Quakers, who, you know, even back in the day were kind of hippie stoners. And so a lot of Quakers were accused of being witches and were burned at the stake oh, wow. by, you know, these Puritans who we, you know, celebrate at Thanksgiving, of course. Um, yeah you know, the pilgrims. But um, so I, I just wonder if like that kind of stigma of Quakers uh, back in like Puritan New England, maybe is why it has Carried that, over to that uh, story. kind of, yeah, that yeah. legendary status of being. I will say like, um, and this isn't just to like pump her TikTok or anything, but her TikTok is one of the few that um, because I follow it and I watch a couple of videos when her stuff comes through, I usually will sit and watch the whole video because it is like, I do feel like I'm learning a little bit because like she said, she doesn't push an agenda like ghost are here. This is real. Like you get some information, you get some lore, you get some cool shots of the area. And a lot of times I'll then go and like start Googling these places and like, oh, what happened here? What is this place? You know, yeah. so that's pretty fun. Now, apparently on my um, mother's grandmother's side, we came from England and we're big Quaker people. Oh, and then, interesting. Well, I guess on my dad's side, they moved up 
to the Midwest. But anyways, maybe a family buried there. Uh-huh. Also, one of the comments on her Spidergate TikTok says, I did shrooms there once, and it was the weirdest trip I've ever had. Not scary, but off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> Man, people are just living a very different life than us, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that was a fun one um the blue the orb story was interesting i've never i haven't heard a ton of orb stories other than look at this orb in like a picture kind of thing i've heard those and um Kat, you told one of those. yeah the harry potter guy uh at the movie theater with the orb right no oh. i have an actual like fly past my face story well please share it we have not heard that i well, and, and no one else saw it, but I was in Oregon at the time, and we had just, like, a bunch of my coworkers. Remember, Oregon is where I met Teresa the Medium, and Oregon's where she, like, kept telling me about this woman named Maggie, or um, uh, what's the long name for Maggie? Margaret. Margaret. <laughs> yeah. And I had just gotten done telling this whole story when we were all out to dinner or having beer or something, and in the parking lot, I remember... We are hugging my friend Courtney, and I looked up because you know, in Harry Potter, when Dumbledore like uses his thing to get the lights to come down Mm -hmm. um, from the lanterns, it literally looked like that. It looked like a light had just flown from the post from like the light post and just gone down and then disappeared. And I remember being like, I I don't think that was one of my weird eye flashes, I had never had those before. There were no like lights or cameras out there. And I even was like, guys, did you guys see that? I think I just saw an orb. And then I haven't seen anything like that ever again. But when, when like you think about it now, do you still see it or is it hard to remember? Yeah, it's a little harder to remember. But I mean, it was kind of exactly how she described it. I mean, I remember it being a little bit and not as blue, just like a bright light. And then, but it came off of the light. It wasn't like a flashlight going somewhere. How uh, disappointing must that have been for you to think that you were about to see Dumbledore, but really it was just a spirit. Yeah, it was, I mean, the light didn't go out. So like, I knew it wasn't Dumbledore. So that comment's pretty stupid, actually. But um, yeah, I'm always disappointed that I don't see Dumbledore. <laughs> oh my God. But newsflash, <laughs> spoiler alert. Well, I won't say it here. But we can't <laughs> see Dumbledore anymore. Oh, RIP. Um, <laughs> so... We've already had one listener tell me that he will never listen to us again because of our spoilers, so we have to be careful. Oh, yeah. What was it that we spoiled? It was uh, something The that Haunting of Hill House, oh, which, yeah. which I, we do apologize, listeners. So sorry. Yeah. I don't even remember it because I haven't seen it, but I don't want to take away from your pain. But also, just watch it already. It's yeah, cool. it's been like two years, and the new one's about to come out. By I the way, have y'all seen the rule with spoilers? Like, if it's been six months or a year, yeah. maybe not six months, but maybe a year. Some people like if it's been like three months, but anyway, um, have you guys seen the trailer for the new Haunting on Hill House? No, there's a trailer out. Oh yeah, it just dropped like last week. It looks so good. By the time this episode posts, it will have been three, four weeks um, since Amanda's episode posted. And during Amanda's episode, she stated she saw a ghost in your home. Have uh-huh. you guys had any spooky things? In real time, this has only been about a week. So have, have you guys seen any spooky things since that happened? No, I feel like we acknowledge her, you know, every now and then. We don't really specifically talk about it or, like, ask, you know, anything necessarily. We haven't seen anything. Yeah, really, we haven't noticed anything unusual or anything suspicious. But, you know, even when Amanda saw that ghost, you know, we had it noticed anything up to that point and even when she pointed out to us um you know the only thing I felt was just like I felt some chills on my shoulder but that was when she said you know she's touching your shoulder so that could all be in my head um Mm -hmm. but so maybe we just have a very uh quiet introverted ghost so guys question would you be comfortable doing this I feel like this would be really fun to film (laughs) if if we sent a pendulum to your home would you guys be willing to use it to ask your ghost questions and to see if you believe it or not what happens? Yeah, I would. Uh-huh. I think it would be interesting. Uh, just to, not even necessarily the results of it, just like what you guys, you know, where we can kind of get in the mind of somebody who's using one of those and if you believe there's anything to it or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would. I think it would be cool to just see how they work, you know? Awesome. 
Well, we're going to do that then. We're going to say a lot of prayers beforehand. Fun episode. It's been cool getting to know all these people that are so embedded in the, the ghost world and hear their stories. Um, we've got, we're going to be interviewing somebody tomorrow uh, that you guys can look forward to hearing from. Just a little teaser. She's been abducted by aliens. So <laughs> I'm excited. Super excited for that. Wait, since um, just because I still have the app, we're going to wrap this episode up again with me pulling up our necrophonic necrophonic app. Ugh, that thing creeps me out. JJ's favorite. JJ and we're just gonna, before I click start on it, we're just going to go for it. Is there an old woman spirit in here? We're going to go for it, okay? Is there an old woman spirit in here? I heard no and X. So are we safe in this room? On? One time we asked it, we were like, who's here? And someone was like, milk. Yeah. <laughs> Super scary. What is my name? I heard one. I heard. <laughs> Did you just snort, Noah? You got a pandemic snort. Those are hard to find. This I snort when I'm tired or when I've been drinking too much. <laughs> I just, happiness makes me, I snort happiness. Um, struck out with Necrophonic. I have mixed feelings on that thing anyway. Uh, yeah, in my head, it's just another app that collects your data and like knows tr trigger words like here or however if they want to sponsor our podcast we'll oh, for be sure happy it works to use it every amazing. episode i've but, already um, communicated with all of my dead relatives it's a great app for sure but until that sponsorship comes through the real haunting scoop is it's some bullshit <laughs> <laughs> sponsor is now necrophonic i dare you <laughs> see how quickly we will sell out uh, for our audience <laughs> oh man all right guys well we appreciate y'all listening hopefully you'll enjoy this episode and i know we're also excited to hear about these alien abductions uh look forward to october um hopefully we'll be able to bring you some extra spooky fun content like we always try to do with it being the most spooky time of the year we hope you guys are staying safe and still finding some fun things to do and uh yeah let us know if there's anybody out there you want us to bring on maybe you don't have a story but your mom has a story your uncle has a story some person you follow on instagram has a story let us know we're always looking for new people and to all you awesome fans that have been sending us fan mail wanting to come on the podcast we will get you on we've just been uh, pretty booked up right now but i promise we'll get you on we definitely want to hear your stories and yeah thank you yeah Thank you from the bottom of our dead hearts. Yeah. <laughs> well, the bottom of JJ's dead heart. <laughs> well, this has been the Real Hauntings Podcast, and I'm Kat. I'm JJ. And I'm Noah. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.